Amen. relate with that little hamster on the wheel just kind of like doing the same thing over and over and over and over again and not just kind of getting where you are hey listen my name is chris if you don't know who i am i am the lead pastor here and we are so honored to be spending our sunday morning with you if you're at home we want to welcome you too everybody say hi to people online everybody online say hi to these people they did they did they did you can go home and check the stream later, and they'll be typing hi, people, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we're glad you're here. Um, we have been in a series we started last week called Chasing Carrots. And, uh, you know, there are lots of things in this world that we chase. Uh, and if we're not careful, our pursuit, our endless pursuit of more and more and more, whatever it is, you fill in the blank, my endless pursuit of fame, my endless pursuit is what we talked about last week, it can really seriously... Uh, get in the way of our walk with Jesus Christ, right? Think about it. We cannot pursue Jesus fully if we're one foot in the world pursuing you name your particular thing, right? Whatever it is, we cannot do both. Jesus says you cannot worship both mammon and God. Mammon, by the way, we translate as money, but basically means any treasure or idol or God that you put in front of Jesus, Next week, we're going to be talking about something that I know absolutely nothing about, the endless pursuit of perfection. (laughs) Thank you. But this week, I'm going to get all up in your business. This week, I'm going to get all up in your grill because this week, I'm going to be talking about your money and your things, your money and your things. I want to start. Uh, first with a little prayer and then we'll dig in so father god we love you so much and we know that in this world our human nature is to chase the green it's to lay up those stacks in our bank account and we have to be careful we have to be careful because our endless pursuit of money and things and toys in this world can seriously hurt our relationship with you and it can keep us so far from you and we don't want to be those people god So we ask that you open up everyone's heart today to hear what you have to say. I ask that you use me in any way you see fit. Speak through me and let all these words be yours, God. We love you and we pray in Jesus' name. And together as a church, we'll say amen. Uh, Let's start with a little bit of audience participation. How about that? Who in the house would love to be rich? I'm a little disappointed. I'm not talking like Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey rich. I'm talking maybe just a little bit rich. It's funny when we think about the word rich, right? Anybody know anybody who's rich? Anybody know anybody who you would consider rich? We're we're all like, you know, when we see somebody who's rich, we see somebody who's got like cash, you know, they're like wiping their nose with $100 bills and lighting the candles with 20s and all that kind of stuff. Uh, We see those people, we're like, if I were rich, I would be way better rich than they would be. 
I would do such a better job at being rich than they would be because, you know, they're like stupid rich. I would be smart rich. I don't even know what that means, stupid rich, smart rich. I'm rich is rich. If I had enough money to blow my nose with $100 bills, I wouldn't care what anybody would think, right? How, how many of us are filthy rich? I'm talking money. I'm talking money. We'll get to that. You're jumping ahead of me. How many of us are filthy rich? Almost all of us are not. And yet, when I asked the first question, more than half of us raised our hand saying we wanted to be rich, which creates this kind of tension in our lives, right? Because if we want to be rich and we're not, the only way to do that is to pursue is to pursue more money, is to pursue more things, is to pursue a better job, is to pursue a better career, is to, you know, buy more housing, more five bedrooms, three bathrooms, five cars, make four at least so you don't have to waste time making turns, right? I mean, one for each direction. You got to have that. Got to have that. They, you, <laughs> you, ever, you ever seen one of those memes on Facebook that's like, what, would you, for like a million dollars, would you stay in this creepy old rundown uh, house out in the middle of nowhere, Anybody ever seen those things? Like, would you do this for a million dollars? Would you would you live without cell phone service for a million dollars and all that kind of stuff? They, they ask people, I don't know who the they is, I just found this online. They ask people what you would do for five million dollars. Five million dollars. These answers might surprise you. Do you know that when asked what they would do to get five million dollars, 54% of the people they asked said they would listen to country music for the rest of their lives. I don't think $5 million is enough. I do not. Can I get an amen up in the house? Amen. 42% of those people asked said they would willingly have all their teeth removed for $5 million. 42%. These are the things we do to chase money. This one really blew me away, and it it's, didn't just blow me away in like a wow kind of way. It was like really sad. 50% of the people asked would be okay if one random person died for them to receive $5 million. 50%. 24% said they would live in solitude for the next 20 years. And I'm like, I only need $100 to do that. I mean, come on, sign me up. Sign me up. They asked people, what is rich? What do you consider rich? And they asked people who were making this amount of money, what would be considered rich if they were making another amount of money? And the people who were making around $30,000 a year said that if they were making $74,000 a year, that would be considered rich. And I'm here to tell you, it ain't. Not in the year 2023, it's not. People who were making $50,000 said it would take $100,000 for them to be considered rich. Some of you make that right now, and nobody raised their hand saying they were rich. Nobody. Nobody. The top income earners, people in the very upper, upper echelon, people we would think are stinking filthy rich, said that it would take $5 million in assets for them to consider themselves rich. Could you imagine having $5 million in assets? I have like five bucks in the bank. I'm like, you know, that's what it is. I guess if you ask somebody who's only got $2 million in assets, they're like, oh, I'm not rich. I'm on Skid Row or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're not rich. I do not know. Here's what I do know. This idea of rich 
This idea of wealth, this idea of whatever it is, is a moving target. It's a moving target. It never stands still. When, when Susie and I first met, I was a catch. I was out of work. <laughs> Filing bankruptcy, she forgot to put that on her checklist, see. She put everything else, but she didn't put has a job. You got to. You got to be specific. You got to be specific. So I got a job. I won't tell you how. That's a conversation for private. I got a job as a computer programmer working at the Internal Revenue Service. <laughs> I came from managing music stores to becoming a computer programmer at the Internal Revenue Service. That says a lot about your tax systems right there. But they offered me $50,000 a year. And we were like, we are set. We don't need nothing else for the rest of our lives. Like, can you imagine $50,000 a year? We're making $50,000 a year. Honey, I can't believe it. Let's go celebrate. We had like filet mignon and steaks. Only to find out that $50,000 a year ain't a lot of money. It ain't a lot of money. By the time we were still living paycheck to paycheck, we just had bigger paychecks to spend all of those, right? The line keeps moving. No matter how much we have, that line of what is enough always moves. How much do you need to be happy? How much is that figure in your head, that line that you think you need to cross because it keeps getting more? Is it 100000 Is it 200000 in the bank? Is it 300000 Is it? A, is it a job that has benefits and you're making six figures a year? Is it one car, two cars, three cars? Is it a house with one bedroom, a house with three bedrooms? Five bedrooms, three bathrooms, that's just more to clean, by the way. Well, I remember one bathroom is great. So you got to wait a little bit to get in there. You learn, right? One bathroom is great. How much is enough? And here's the thing. The world teaches us that whatever it is, it's always a little bit more. It's always the next thing. It's always something that you haven't gotten yet. And this is why Jesus talked about a better perspective about our money. In Luke's gospel, chapter 12, uh, Jesus is talking to his guys, and he says this leading into a parable, which we're going to get to in a minute. But in chapter 12, verse 15, Jesus says to his guys, he says, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, because life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. These are pretty smart words from Jesus. Uh, because we, in our messed up human brains, equate happy life with stacks of cash, a happy life with more toys, a happy life with more things, better cars, better houses. But Jesus says, this abundant life that I promise you is way more than money. It's way more than things. It's way more than what your bank statement says. It's way more than the cars. And he says, watch out. Be careful. Be ready. And we may not think we need to be on our guard, but think about what is being shoved down our throats every day in the form of advertisements and social media and peer pressure. I mean, heck, we only have to talk about something in the vicinity of our phone, and all of a sudden there's seven ads for it popping up on social media. <laughs> Don't mention you need to buy a new toilet, by the way. Oh, my phone's way back there. 
Oh, y'all gonna get ads for toilets. Everybody needs a new toilet. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Andrea needs three, right? That's right. Andrea needs three new toilets. There you go. You'll have, tw you'll have triple the amount of ads. You have triple, triple. He says, watch out. Because, because all of these things, advertisements and social media and your friends, the world that we live in, they're, they're giving you one message. And it's this. What you don't have is the exact thing you need to be happy in this world. The thing that you think you're missing out on is the exact thing that you need to have more joy in your life. It's the exact thing you need to be more fulfilled. It's the exact thing you need to be more content. Jesus says, watch out. Watch out. And then he tells a very powerful parable, a story. And this story is about a man who was a farmer, an agriculture dude. And he had gotten the biggest crop of wheat harvest he could ever have imagined. And this really troubled the guy. The guy's like running around. What am I going to do with all this wheat? I can't believe this crop has been so big. I don't have enough room to store it. I don't know what I'm going to do. I need to find a way to store all this so it doesn't go bad. I need to find a way to, to make sure that I have enough for the rest of my life. He says, I know what I'll do. I'll tear down all the barns I have now, and I'll build bigger barns so I can store it in there, and I'll keep it for myself, and I'll have it for the next 50 years. And then in the parable, God says to him, you fool, this very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. And this is a pretty important message. I lost the cap to my, there it is. I'll spill it, you know me. God's not mad because this guy was rich. God is not mad because this guy had the best harvest of his entire life. In fact, God brings the blessings in our life. God brought the harvest to this guy. He was probably working his fields. He's probably just had, to, you know, all the work that he had put into it was the perfect combination of soil and rain for the year. And God's like, I'm going to bless him. God wasn't angry because of that. He was angry because all this man was thinking about is how do I hold on to everything I have for myself? He was not rich towards God. He may have been rich, but he was not honoring God with his money. And what we're going to see today is that money is not the problem with God. Having money, having wealth, having cars, having houses, all that stuff, it don't bother God one bit. But how we look and think and use those resources, that's where God is concerned. Do we honor God with the blessings that he has given us? Because all things come from him. He is the author of all things good. So if you have blessing in your life, it's not because of you, folks. It's because of God. And he's, yes, and he is concerned... He is concerned more with our heart and how we use those blessings than whether we're rich or not. So, I got some good news and I got some bad news. What do you want? Man, you guys are a bunch of Debbie Downers. Uh, good news. 
Good news? Bad news? Well, I'm sorry, bad news, people. Good news is first in my sermon outline, so that's where we're going. That's where we're going. The good news, yeah, it's not bait and switch, right. What you, what you don't have is exactly what you need. I'm telling you, that's what it is. That's what it is. The good news is you are rich. That's the good news. You are rich. And you might be sitting there thinking, well, I don't feel rich. I didn't put on a gold-crusted, diamond-plated Rolex watch today. I don't feel rich. But do you realize that more than 3 billion people in this world survive on less than $2 a day? $2 a day. You don't think you're rich? We can tell how rich we are by what aggravates us, by the things that upset us. We get upset when Amazon, who promised to have my hey dudes at my doorstep tomorrow morning between 7 a.m. and 11 a.m., takes two days. We get upset about that. And if we see something and we're like, oh, I need this. What? It's not going to be here till next week. I can't buy that. True story happens in our house all the time. Happens in our house. And then we, we, we order it, and they're like, give us the bait and switch. They're like, it'll be here tomorrow. But then when you order it, it's like four days. We cancel that order, and we go find another thing. We get upset. We get upset when your favorite fast food restaurant forgets to put the honey mustard in your bag. We get upset about that. Or the hot sauce or whatever it is, right? We get upset when the place we're in doesn't offer free Wi-Fi. We get upset about that. How rich are we? You know what really upsets me? I I love McDonald's French fries. And if you're going to ask who has the best fast food French fries, it is McDonald's hands down all day long, all day long, all day long. But what really bugs me is when you order a large fry and they only fill it halfway. How rich are we? Yes. How rich are we? We forgot our AirPods today. So we have to manually hold the phone up to our ear to make a phone call. How rich are we? We get upset because there's nothing to watch on Netflix or Max or Hulu or Discovery Plus. Heaven forbid, what are we going to do now? How rich are we? We can play any song in the world on our iPhone or on our Android. We can watch video games, movies, anywhere you are. You can just take out your little device and be watching movies, watching video games, all that kind of stuff. How rich are we that when we get hungry, we're sitting at home, we get a little bit rumbly in the tumbly, most of us can go outside and hop in our car and drive past 14 restaurants until we find the one we like, where we sit down, where somebody else takes care of us, somebody else has milked the cow, somebody else has caught the fish, somebody else has cut the head off the chicken, somebody else cooks your food, somebody else has cleaned up after you, somebody else has prepared your plate, somebody else put the little garnish on there to make it look all pretty, and a little smear of stuff, somebody else did that. Somebody else brought it to your table and set it down in front of you. Somebody else comes back every five minutes exactly when you have a mouthful of food to ask you how you're doing. Somebody else did all that stuff. And we get upset 
because it took 12 minutes to get the food on our table from the time we ordered. How rich are we? That's how rich we are. And I realize, look, I don't want to offend or minimize anybody's um, hardships here. I realize that some of us are struggling financially. I realize that some of us are, you know, we have bills that need to be paid, maybe unemployed. Maybe you're coming out of a breakup or a relationship or a divorce or something like that. I get it. But if we think about the culture we live in, <laughs> we are all rich. And if we're honest, we're really good at being that kind of rich, aren't we? We're really good at taking, advantage, at taking for granted all those things that we have in our lives. Admit it. Admit it. Everybody say, I'm rich. The key is to be rich in a way that honors God. Now, say it again. I'm rich with gratitude like you're blessed by God. I'm rich. I'm rich. We're all rich. That's the good news. And, and, and listen, sometimes I understand. Sometimes when we start talking about money, we all start feeling a certain way. Maybe we get a little bit embarrassed because we got more money in the bank than somebody else. Maybe we get a little bit, you know, uh, I don't know what it is. We all, we all like to hold on to our money, right? We're, we're all kind of tight-gripped. And, and it's funny because we don't apologize for other blessings in our lives. We never apologize. We're like, oh, I'm sorry, I have a great marriage. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I have a great relationship. I'm sorry I'm in such good health. I'm sorry. I- I'm sorry that my family is picture perfect. We don't apologize, but some, something in us makes us feel a little bit some kind of way when people start talking about our money. And you ever wonder why that is? I'll tell you why. Because we have grown accustomed to thinking that it's all ours. The reason we feel a little bit kind of weird when people start talking about our money is probably because we're not really honoring God with it. Because we're not honoring God with the things that he has given us. And that brings us to the bad news for all you glass half empty people out there who wanted the bad news first. The bad news is you are rich. The bad news is you are rich. Yeah, it's good news. It's great news that we all live in a a life that has been blessed by God in some way or another. But the bad news is also that we are rich because if we are not careful to honor God with what he's given us, then that puts us at a huge spiritual disadvantage in this world. It puts us at a huge deficit because we're constantly safeguarding and chasing and trying to store it up. When God says, that's not the way it's supposed to be. We talked last week about this story about the rich young ruler, a guy who comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus, you know, he gives him a couple of questions. He's like, you know, all the commandments, blah, 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 blah. He's like, yes, I do. And he's like, of course, he says, and I keep every one of them faithfully. Liar. But anyway, then Jesus says, all right, then sell all your possessions, give it to the poor and come and follow me. He says that it is harder for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And the reason that is, is because money is a drug. Things are a drug. Possessions are a drug that just keeps us going back and wanting more and more and more and holding it all to ourselves, holding it all to ourselves, holding it all to ourselves. This is not enough. I got to have more. Whatever society tells you you need to be happy is the exact thing that you don't have. By the way, the rich young ruler... He chose his stuff. 
Good news is you're rich. Bad news is you're rich, and that can really mess up our walk with Jesus. We got all the food we need. We got houses. We got cars. We got Amazon that can deliver anything to us within five hours most of the time. We can walk out our door to any number of convenience stores. We can pull into a gas station and fill our car. But have we ever had to really, really pray, God, give me today my daily bread. Just for today. Just for today. You see, when we get to that place of complete dependence on God, that's a whole different issue, right? And what money will do if we're not honoring God with it, if we're holding on to it and we think it is the end all and be all, money will just remove any dependence we have on God because we get to a place where we think it's all about us. It ain't all about you. It ain't all about me. It never was. And it never, ever, ever will be. It just causes more distractions. All this money, managing stuff, makes us busier, gives us more demand, gives us more options. We talked about options a couple of weeks ago. All this stuff to manage. It gets in our way. Sometimes we just need to step back a little bit. My, my ideal vacation, if anybody's wondering, I know you weren't. My ideal vacation is not some big city. It's not Las Vegas. It's not even the beach. Because we all know my relationship with sand is mixed at best. My ideal vacation will be on the top of a mountain in a cabin with nothing around for 20 miles. Just unplugging from everything. No worries. No money to worry about. If I didn't have cell phone service, that'd be okay. If I didn't have TV... That would be okay, too. That, no, I wouldn't have cell phone. I wouldn't have Wi-Fi. I wouldn't have service. Oh, oh, oh. See, Brandon's got it all figured out. Got to take, take it with you. Got to take it with you. Got to take it with you. No distractions. No Judge Judy, right? No distractions. I would not. Seriously, though, I mean, that's a good point. I, at 5 o'clock, I'm like, oh, where I got to be? I got to be watching my big TV with cable that I pay for to get in my house so I can watch Judge Judy. It's all distractions. All money is and all these things just bring a bunch of distractions that keep us away from God. That perfect vacation, I would love to live that way with no distractions. We can't. We can't. I get it. We live in this world. But Jesus says where you have been given much, much is required from you. He has greater expectations. We have a greater responsibility. Culture teaches us that what you don't have is the exact thing you need, and you better go out and get it before they sell fast. Only three left, right? Amazon puts that on everything now. Only one left. You better order now. Order within the next hour and 15 minutes, and you can have it tomorrow. They put that everything, everything. That's what culture teaches us. We need new phones. Anybody need a new phone? Look, nobody's going to raise their hand now because you all don't want me to come down there. <laughs> Sandy needs a new phone. I've seen Sandy's phone. She really does need a new phone. <laughs> need a better TV. That 72 inch is not big enough. They have 80 inches now. They have 85 inches now. I, I can make a bigger wall to hang it on. You know, that's what I do. Better wallet, better jacket, better backpack, brand name purse. We need that. Shoes that match the watch. We need those things. If you're watching, yes, they do, by the way. Need the designer sunglasses? Need the new speakers? 
My car's four years old. It's time for a new one. I need new flooring in my kitchen. Yes. We can't stop there, though, because once I replace the flooring, then the dining room furniture is going to look pretty janky. So we got to have new furniture in the dining room. We got new floor. We got to have new furniture. But now we got new furniture and the countertops. I mean, they're seven years old. We need to replace those with some new updated granite. I mean, come on, new countertops. But but it's not just countertops because now we got new countertops. All of our appliances don't match anymore. We got to buy all new appliances to match the countertops. And now the living room, all the artwork in there was for our old decor. So we got to replace all that. And then I'm going to go on vacation. This is what culture teaches us. What you don't have is exactly what you need. And we end up pursuing more stuff instead of pursuing more Jesus. And he says, be on your guard because your life is more than just an abundance of stuff. He promises an abundant life, but it has nothing to do with the things of this world. He promises a life, if we follow him closely, that is full of peace and full of contentment and full of joy and full of an anchor that keeps us still in the storm. That's the abundant life that Jesus promises and has nothing to do with stuff. And we know that in our heart. We do. If we're honest with ourselves, we know that. And yet we don't live it day to day, not all the time. Some of us, if we're honest, we're spending more money than we make. We're buying stuff we don't need. We buy stuff to impress the other people out there. Our actions say you believe that more stuff will make you more happy. And when we believe that most of our problems can be solved by more, more money, more things, more toys, then we are under the curse of this world. We are being sold a lie. We are being sold a false bill of goods. More stuff will not, more stuff will not keep your kids off drugs. More money will not keep your kids off drugs. And I can tell you from firsthand experience, we had the best insurance. We spent money after money after money on rehabs and programs and all kinds of ways. And you know what? It still didn't keep our kid off drugs. Money won't do that. Money will not cure your cancer. Money will not heal diabetes type 1. It can't. Money will not make your marriage better. In fact, it might make it worse. Money will not cure your depression. Money will not truly, truly make people like you. They will like your money. They will like what you can do for them. But money will not make people like you. It's all temporary. It all goes away. Just like the parable Jesus told, tomorrow you might not be here anymore, and then what about all your money? It doesn't do any good. We don't need more of what's temporary. We need more of what's eternal. We need to look to the eternal. We don't need more money. We need more Jesus. We need more of Jesus to be our guiding factor with all the blessings and all the money that we have. We don't want to be under the power of this world. We want to be under the power of the eternal world. That's where we need to focus ourselves. And that's why Paul gave a warning to his young protege, Timothy. Now, Timothy was taking over the church in Ephesus for Paul. Timothy was a young guy, and Paul wrote him a series of letters to kind of help him along his way how to lead this church and what to do. And by the way, here's a plug. We are studying 1 Timothy in the men's group. Come on, man. Well, that was, uh, you know, 
All right, thank you, ladies. Thank you, ladies, for applauding for the men. We got two weeks left of that study. Don't worry. Don't, don't like, not come and say, well, I missed three weeks, so I'm not coming. We will give you the videos. You can catch up. Yes. Anyway, that's not my point. That's not my point. Paul gives a stern warning to his young protege, Timothy, when he's teaching him how to uh, pastor this church. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, Paul says this, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, like so many of us do. Wealth is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. God gives us the wealth. God gives us the blessings. It is not wrong to have stuff. If you've been a good steward with what God has entrusted you with, God will bless you. He says, bring it into the storehouse, and I will throw open the floodgates of blessing. If you have been a good steward, God will continue to bless you. Don't feel guilty about it. Feel responsible. Because it's not all for you. All the things that God has given you are not for you to put a white knuckle grip around and be like, mine, 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 mine. It's all mine. And you can't have it. Go away. Don't talk about my money. Don't touch my money. It's mine. It's mine. That's not the case. Paul goes on to say this. He said, command. He says this twice. Command. That's a pretty strong word. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. Another way to say that is to lay up treasures in heaven, in your eternal life, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. The life that is truly life. And here you all were thinking, this is the life. But it's not. The life that is truly life is a life that looks forward to what is going to happen in eternity. Are we stewarding all the stuff that God gives us and blesses us with, with a mindset of there, not here? This is what God wants from us. God blesses us so that we can bless others. God blesses us so that we can use the resources he's given us to bless other people in this world. And maybe you know this. Maybe you got stacks upon stacks upon stacks in your bank. You got a bank statement that's like 27 pages long. You can't even read the whole thing. You got to get them little magnifying glasses out to see all them zeros on there. And you still have no peace in your heart. Maybe instead of trusting in the pile, we need to trust in God. As provider. Because we're afraid. If we don't hold on to our money. If we don't keep it. If we give it away. Then what am I going to have for me? And I got to tell you guys. Truly. Honestly. When we decided. That. Our stuff. Was first God's stuff. And we started serving the world that way. First of all. There is a freedom there. That you cannot imagine. But secondly. No matter how much we have given, no matter how much of our resources we have served with, no matter how much we have done, there has never, ever, ever, and I promise you I cannot say this ever's enough, there has never been a time in our lives when we were in need. Never. God 
blessed us so that, and that's what he does. He blesses us so that we can bless other people. Don't trust in your pile. Trust in God as the provider because the temporary things of this world promise so much and deliver so little. We don't need more of what's temporary. We need more of what's eternal. That's what we need. It's not bad to have money. It's not bad to have things. Wealth is not a problem. It's how we think about it. How do we honor God with what we have? Don't just go out and buy something that excites you for the moment. It makes you feel good. A little retail therapy. Well, I had a bad day, so I'm going to go out and buy some new shoes. Right? And then it fades away. It goes in your closet. And a year later, you're doing all Marie Kondo, and you're like, thank you for your service, and you throw it away. We do that all the time. Do something that matters. Do something that makes a difference in this world. Maybe you know somebody who is down on their luck and having a hard time. Send them $100 anonymously. Pay their bill anonymously. Take them out to dinner, whatever it is. Maybe you got a buddy who's like, I got to move, but I don't have any boxes. Go out and buy the boxes. Take them over his house. Help him pack them. Help him move. Maybe you can serve at a local mission. Maybe you could give your first tithe. Maybe. And this is not a, this is, sermon was not designed to be a sermon on tithing, but Scripture does command us, bring your tithe into the storehouse. Now, for those of you who are unclear, a tithe literally translates to 10%, the first 10% of all that God has given you into the storehouse, which is his house, his church. We don't need your money. Hope Springs Church doesn't need your money. They do. All those people. All around here. They they do. They do right there. Those children who are going to receive these boxes, they're the ones who will get the blessing that you give them, that you give them. Maybe you can volunteer to serve. I tell you what, you got a hankering to serve? We got places for you to serve. We need somebody to take care of our infants and toddlers room once, once, once a month. That's all we're asking. We got people, you know, you like to do things with your hands. Believe me, I can put you to work. You like to take care of the outside. I can put you to work. There are lots of ways to serve in this place and outside this place. Do something that matters. Do something eternal. You will never understand the difference you can make in somebody's life if you honor God with what he's given you. If you reflect his generosity to the world with your generosity. I have a friend. And I say friend. She's more of an acquaintance. I talk to her maybe three, four, five times a year. She's an older lady. Uh, and I met her through Susie. And um, a very nice lady. Very funny lady. She makes me laugh all the time. She always teases me because I love the Ravens, and she just always likes to give me a hard time about that. She's always like, how are your Ravens doing this week? Because we used to stink. And we probably will again. I don't, you know, that's just the way it is. And I know, I know that this lady, I'm not going to mention her name because right, I don't want her to be embarrassed if she ever watched. I know that this lady, by our standards, doesn't have a lot. She's on a fixed income. She doesn't have a lot of money. She doesn't have a lot of stuff. But every time I see her, and sometimes she just sends stuff home with Susie, she gives me these little gifts. It's usually something Ravens-themed. Sometimes it's something she just gets for free somewhere. You know, like those magnets you get at M&T Bank when you open up a checking account. She'll send one of those home. She sent a, a, a handkerchief home with Ravens on it one time. All kinds of stuff. She just sends these little things. And I got to tell you, I, I, I'm the kind of guy, this is not a brag. This is God's, God's providence in our lives. 
If I want something, I'll go out and buy it. I don't need anything. We don't need anything. God has been so rich in providing for us. But when that little thing comes in, whether I need it or not, it makes me feel rich. It makes me feel blessed. That somebody would take what little resources they have. And listen, you might be saying, I'm not in a position to serve because I don't make that much money. I don't have as much money as you, Pastor Chris. You're probably rolling in the dough, but I'm not. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Her means, whatever it is, she still takes the time out of her day to think about me and to bless me with something that she knows is going to bring a smile to my face. Every time. Every time it brings a smile to my face, it makes me feel rich. But it will also make you feel rich when you step up and you serve this world with what God has given you. That's right. Culture will not stop. Culture is always going to tell you that what you need is the thing you don't have. It's going to dangle it in front of your nose like a carrot, and you're going to end up being on that little treadmill just chasing after it and never, ever getting the satisfaction that you think it's going to give you it won't stop it promises a life built on money and things and possessions that's the way of this world the world does that but if we honor god with what he's blessed us with if we turn around and honor him with that we will find the life that is truly life i want to tell you that when you are focused on blessing others with whatever means you have, it's really hard to think about your own problems. It's really hard to think about whatever situation you're in. It's really hard to think about woe is me. It does something to us. It opens up a channel between us and God. Think about God. If we honor him with the, with the money and the, and, the, and the resources he's given us, we'll find the life that is truly life. That is how to be rich. Think about what he did for us. He gave us everything. He gave us his life. And if you are truly wrecked, if that really, that thought that Jesus, God, came down to earth, became human so that he could die on a cross for your sin, so that you could be saved, so that you could be reunited with God, so that you could have an eternity to look forward to, to store up treasure in, if that truly wrecks you inside, then we should be bound by that emotion to go out and do the same thing to this world. We should be bound to go and take what God has given us and bless this world with it. Money is not the problem. But how we honor God with it is. He did it all. He paid everything for us. And um, here's the fact. It, it is really hard to be eternally focused, eternally minded. I don't know if I'm saying that right. It's really hard to focus on the eternal when we don't know the author of the eternal, when we don't have a relationship with Jesus. And so if that's you today, if you came in or you're watching online and you have never asked Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life, we're going to close today just inviting everybody to do that. Because, listen, life may not be better with Jesus, but life is better with Jesus. Your life might not get better, but it will be better. That's for absolute sure. And not only that, but we get to live forever in heaven with God. I mean, come on. 
So with all heads bowed, we'll pray this prayer. And if you are in a place where you feel God calling you today, just open up your heart to him in complete surrender. And we'll pray it like this. Jesus, I believe you are the Lord and Savior of the world. Jesus, I believe that you gave up your throne in heaven. And I believe you died on a cross for my sin. And Jesus, I believe you rose three days later, defeating my spiritual death. And Jesus, I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I turn from my attachment to this world. I turn from my desire to be my own Lord and Savior. And I turn towards you. I surrender. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, for anybody who has come to that place of decision today, we just want to give you all the praise. We want to give you all the glory. It's not because of me. It's only because of you. Help us, God, to remain eternally focused with the blessings you have given us. It seems so countercultural, and it is. It seems so counterhuman, and it is. But when we give, you bless. When we serve, you bless. If we want to have true wealth, in your kingdom, then we have to honor you with what you've given us. Help us to do that, Father. Help us to not hold on to what we have with a knuckle, white knuckle grip, but to use it to make a difference in your world. And finally, God, we just ask that you keep everybody healthy and safe until we meet again. And we'll pray all this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And together as a church, we'll say, Amen. If you're at home, type amen. Folks, if you have made a decision to follow Jesus today, first of all, we want to say yay. Uh, Secondly, we would love to know about that. If you're in the house, you can put it on the back of a card. If you're at home, you can also fill out one of those cards. There's probably a link coming up right now. Um, You can do that, and we will pray with you. We will pray for you. Uh, We would like to get you involved with a Bible-believing church, whether it's this one or another one. We're okay with that. Uh, But we want to help you along your walk with Jesus because at first, you know, we, we need to know how to navigate this new relationship with Jesus that we have. I love you folks, and I will see you next week.